All right, guys, and we're live. What is going on? Luca Laporta here, the host of uh, TMG Podcast, Episode 4. Uh, I'm here with the co-founder of the Milan Guys, Mike. Mike, how's it going, man? What's up? Good to see you guys back again. Perfect. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Mikey from Italian Football TV. Thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on. Awesome. Yeah, so we got a really good episode here today. There's tons of news, Milan. Uh, we were just, we were just watching the Coppa Italia final. Juve beat Lazio two nothing. Congrats to them. But uh, so, as you guys know, Milan Atalanta one one on Saturday. Uh, you know, Atalanta have been a really hard team to beat while they're at home this season. A lot of teams couldn't do it. Uh, Juve tied them a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's not, and it wasn't a bad result for Milan, especially from coming back and scoring in the 88th minute. Andrea Conti opened the scoring for Atalanta, and uh, Gerard De La Feu, uh, a really nice assist from uh, Lapadula, tied it up in the 87th minute. Um, really, really big result for Milan, again, uh, snatching the point, uh, you know, in the Europe, in the Europa League race with Fiore and, uh, and Inter. That, he, uh, that point was needed because it kind of creates a little bit more separation and leading to the last two games of the season. Um, Mike, I know you didn't watch the game uh, because you, you had the work, but Mikey, did you, did you catch uh, Milan Atalanta on Saturday? Yeah, I actually did catch the game. I saw the whole thing. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, disappointing for Milan, to be honest. I thought yeah. Atalanta played a great match, and it was almost undeserved a Milan draw. Uh, uh, looking at this as a like you know third point of view, mm-hmm. uh, no no bias over here, and yeah, I just thought Atalanta were more hungry and Milan Milan just weren't playing their game, and uh, we've seen uh, countless amount of matches where uh, they play good, but this one wasn't one of them. They just weren't hungry the whole game. I think. Yeah, you know what they the, we didn't we didn't start very well. Atalanta kind of came out right on the attack, and it seemed like we kind of were startled by that. Um, and also, the, the Montella went with the three-five-two, the formation we that the team hasn't seen before. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of had to take a little bit of time to, uh, you know, get into that formation. Uh, Delafeu was playing as a striker beside La Padula up top, and Suzo was uh, playing as a trecartista uh, position there. So I, I think, like Atalanta, kind of came out firing, and uh, and unfortunately. Milan kind of weren't ready for that, but after the second half, they kind of came out a bit more calm. They were on the ball a little, a little like more often. They weren't conceding possession as much. Uh, and uh, Montalivo played played a full ninety two. He, he was okay, um, not needed in the starting eleven, but he was okay. So, yeah, again, really, really important point for Milan. Though, even if it was, even if it wasn't the most deserved point, you know, sometimes he's got to scrap, res- you know, scrap results when you can because it, it seems like a it's it's been pretty repetitive this season that Milan have outplayed the team and haven't picked up points. So, I mean, sometimes it it goes your way. Um, but again, that point separates them because Fiorentina beat Lazio last weekend. So that point still brings us above Fiorentina and for the sixth uh, place, which will uh, bring the whoever team whoever team gets it European football and the Europa League. I think it's late July the qualifiers start. So. Yeah, I mean, there's two there's two games left in the season. Um, on paper, I know it doesn't mean anything, but on paper, Milan have a easier schedule than Fiorentina and Inter. Fiorentina plays Napoli next uh, Saturday, and Inter plays Lazio next Sunday. Um, and Milan play Bologna at home on Sunday. 
So it's going to be an interesting race in the last two games. Um, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about it a little bit after of like what what the implications are and how everything was going to set up on this weekend because there could be clinching happening this weekend. But yeah, um, Mike, what do you think? What do you think uh, Milan's chances are? You know, going at home against Bologna. We haven't. Last time Bologna was at San Siro, they actually beat us one nothing last season. What do you think our chances are? We can clinch it here this weekend if we win. Fiorentina drop points. So what do you think? Uh, for me, I'm thinking it's just more of like something the run is eventually going to have to end in terms of like the losing streak. So from my point of view, I think it's a matter of actually getting it done. It's an early game on Saturday. Just got to get it over with. Like I know we've struggled in Bologna, but if you really want, you really want the Europa League qualification, you're getting it done this weekend right away. You know, if, if ands or buts, you get the result, you get the three points, and that's it. You don't have to wait for the last day. And like I've mentioned before in other podcasts, like you don't want to rely on another team to have for your salvation or your qualification. You want to be the one who is earning it. So for me, they got to go all flat out. It's not going to be an easy task, but I think it's one after a certain amount of results. I think eventually a win's got to come out of it, and I think this is the perfect opportunity to finally like uh, snatch this like winless streak and take advantage with it, and it comes with a uh, Europa League qualification. Yeah, no, very true. And just to note, <clears throat> Milan's last victory was Sunday, April 9th against Palermo. It, today is May, se- May 17th. Today is May 17th. That's over a month since Milan's last victory, uh, which I think is a relegation side, which is sad because this is kind of the final stretch in the season. And, you know, you need to find ways to get three points. Sure, it wasn't a bad result against Atalanta last week, but with these last two games, you have to find ways, especially this Sunday. Uh, Fiorentina plays on Saturday at Napoli. At now, and Napoli is still playing for second place against Roma, so they're, they're gonna be playing their big guns. Um, so it's gonna be interesting, Mikey. Yeah. What, do you, what are you thinking about this uh, Europa League race, and what do you think with Fiorentina's remaining schedule, Inter remaining schedule, and Milan's remaining schedule? I mean, uh, Milan obviously had the advantage over here. If they can't beat Bologna at home, Bologna's having a dreadful season, I think they're in like 15th place or something, very bad from them. And they're playing at the San Siro. If Mi- Milan had to show uh, what what they're all about here, and if they get this, like you said, they're gonna clinch uh, the Europa League playoff, which is something you need. I think they're gonna. Do I think they're gonna get the win? That's the thing. They've been dreadful the past few games, and I've been criticizing them so much because they just can't. I feel like they can't get the job done, and I feel like they have to concede a goal for them to start attacking. But Bologna, I think, are even worse than Milan in form. Bologna haven't been playing the best. We we know like. They conceded like six goals away from home against Napoli. Pretty bad from them. So I think I think Milan could secure the qualification, but you know they're, gonna, they're gonna need a lot of work. Yeah, and and then again, just like Mike said too, he uh, you you don't you don't want to rely on other teams' results. You want to have it in your hands. And Milan ha- and right now, as the last few weeks, Milan have their destiny in their hands. If they win, and Fiorentina, so Fiorentina actually plays first on Saturday. They play against Napoli. So if Fiorentina lose against, if they, I'm pretty sure, if they drop any points, I think. So if they tie, and we lose, win, we get it automatically. Yeah. I think. So if they tie or they lose on Saturday, and we play uh, Sunday morning, or well, Sunday morning here, 
and we've got three points that that qualifies it, and this the last game of the season won't matter as much. Um, yeah. Which is which is essentially what you want to set yourself up for. You don't want you don't want to have the nerves of going to Cagliari. Cari- oh my gosh, sorry. Um, in the last match of the season, you have to go away to them and and, and you know rely on other results, uh, and you have you know, you're having to win to get the sixth spot because then it puts a lot of pressure on the players. Um, and yeah, it just doesn't sound ideal, especially when you're playing at home. San Siro was. One time a fortress for for Milan, and uh, they're gonna have to prove that again because, again, last the last win was over a month ago, and you can't you can't go over a month without a win in the city, ah, especially in football. There's only 38 games, um, you know, it's not that not that long of a season if you think think about it. So, you know, it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, you know, Milan on paper on the bench they have a better lineup than Bologna. So, you know, realistically, you have to beat them. There's no excuses. You have to find ways. Um, and I know a lot of Milan fans are on Twitter and stuff are really fed up about it. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, to say the least. But uh, Inter, on the other hand, they just lost to Sassuolo on uh, what Sunday morning or Sunday morning here against Sassuolo 2-1. Uh, Adair scored for them, but they actually went down two nothing. Mikey, did you see uh, their cur- the curva? What they did? Did you see what the Inter curva did for for that game? Yeah, did you see how they left? They said they're going. They oh put a yes, yes, yes. That's right. You said we're gonna go to lunch or something. If you guys don't want to yeah, play, you guys don't need the support. Yeah, that's been crazy. And then they, and then the curva they roped off the the entrances so nobody can get in there. So like after they left, they uh, they roped it off. So Inter fans are getting pissed off. They sit four points behind Milan. So if we win, we'd knock them out, arch rivals. So, yeah, I mean, Fiorentina unfortunately picked up points against Lazio. That was an unfortunate result for Milan. But, again, you don't need to rely on other, other teams' results. Destiny's in your hands. You get three points when you can. Uh, in saying that, um, there's been a lot of, lot of very – important and positive news regarding Milan the past let's say 26 hours ish um, involving the Mercato uh, Mike why don't you break it down for us alright so we're going to break it down like this so as we know a couple I want to say about a month ago maybe a couple weeks ago we know that Musacho uh, Musacho however you guys want to call him from uh, Villarreal, the center back was snatched up. I think the fees are around 18 to 20 million. So that was, we've are, it's kind of common knowledge now. But yesterday, which is kind of to my surprise, I was pretty happy. Milan, uh, through Di Marzio, who confirmed it through other reports, saying that Kessia decided to join Milan. Milan uh, will be paying Atalanta 28 million, including bonuses. And uh, Kessie will sign a five-year contract earning 2.5 uh, million euros a year, which was a big surprise to me to see it actually happening prior to the Mercato being actually open and official. Um, just because, you know, for a couple of last, for last years, we haven't been anywhere, loans and stuff like this. So to actually see purchases or most likely will be official, because obviously nothing's official until paper is signed, but it looks like it will be. To see this already happening, and it's May, mid-May to see it is a, is a promising step for the new management 
coming in to sh and it shows their willingness especially i think what the whole point of them doing this is to kind of convince viola especially donor room as well that they have a project they have a foundation to keep them here as well i think that's kind of why they're moving faster than they normally would just starting out in july but i don't mind it at all and also after that just today after already good news of a midfielder that we haven't seen at milan for a long time he might have reported that uh, Ricardo Rodriguez to Milan is basically a done deal, a fee of $15 million plus $3 million in bonuses from Milan's end towards Wolfsburg will be sent, and uh, the player will sign a four-year deal. Again, it's basically going to happen, but obviously nothing's official till pen hits paper, and that's also huge for us because a lot of reports, and it's kind of been obvious now that this year is basically going to be on his way out. Somebody's been underperforming and bringing in a guy like Ricardo Rodriguez who – from a lot of people in the Bundesliga have rated highly and someone who I know is is a pretty solid left back is pretty promising as well to help our defensive issues as well. So that's pretty promising. And finally, just just before we started, um, the, the, there was a report from Tuto Mercato Webb, who isn't the most reliable but fairly accurate, saying that Milan after uh, – are, sorry, are willing to offer $17 million to Atalanta for uh, Conti, the right back, which is also very promising because, like, as we were talking a little bit before, Bate is kind of on the decline, and we don't really know what to expect from Calabria. So pretty promising for Milan as as of late, especially in terms of purchasing players or the potential purchasing players. And I'll give you guys a chance to elaborate on that. But based on the guys we're going after and potentially going to sign, I'm pretty pleased with the guys we're going after, especially it's a breath of fresh air from usually the typical loans with options to buys and stuff like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks for breaking it down for us. Um, you know, with, with Milan Isti, the last couple of years since Ibra and Thiago Silva left, they've seen, you know, for dry loans, free transfers, uh, loan with option to buy for mediocre players. Um, we are promised by the Chinese, the new owners, <clears throat> that they're going to start bringing champions, uh, champions into the team. And, you know, for me, I've been following, you know, Calcio and the Mercato for a while. Di Marzio, when he says official, it means official for me. Um, his record is pretty, pretty awesome compared to everybody else. <clears throat> so usually when Di Marzio reports it, I, I tend to listen. Um, he wouldn't. He wouldn't say that it's a done deal if it wasn't. And I actually talked to one of his writers too uh, through direct message. He told me that um, Kessi, Musacho, and Rodriguez—they're all kind of in the same. They're they're at the same stage. They're all pretty much done. And he said that the official announcement there'll be like separate announcements uh, end of May, beginning of June after the season's done, <clears throat> which makes sense. And again, these are quality signings. These are signings that you need. To that you need to make to compete with the top dogs in Serie A. Um, Kessie is a phenomenal midfielder. We all saw we all saw how good Kessie was last Saturday against Milan when he we were talking about it before. He pushed he pushed guys off the ball like it was absolutely nothing. He he's a true box to box midfielder, something that Milan needs badly, and something we haven't seen since. Uh, to be honest, I don't really I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I couldn't even tell you who the, the former would be. I don't know. I just haven't seen it in a long time. Um, <laughs> Mikey, what do you think? Let's go back from yesterday. What do you think about the Kessie signing? Like, obviously not official, but it's, it's, it seems like it's going to happen. So what do you think about Kessie probably coming to Milan? 
I mean, uh, hopefully it's happened. Like you said, DiMarcio is pretty accurate. He gets a lot of these uh, reports correct. But I think as he is, it's going to be a great signing. He's one of the big reasons why Atalanta qualified for Europe and having a fantastic season uh, this time. Uh, like, like you said, uh, he's great at holding the ball. He's quick. Uh, he has an eye for goal. And I think it's something that Milan's, Milan's been missing. Because I feel like Milan's midfield has been very weak lately. Uh, we know Bonaventura has been out. Montolivo just came on, but we all know Montolivo is not the best midfielder. <laughs> so having Kessian, I think that it's, he's young, he's hungry, and he's strong. Something that Milan's missing. So I think he's going to be a huge piece of this puzzle. And hopefully next year uh, he, he, he's going to get a starting spot and starts playing good with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, Mikey, are you, are you just like a Calcio fan in general? You don't have a team. Yeah, I don't have any specific team. I tend to root for, like, the teams that are doing good right now. So, I like Atalanta. Okay. And, like, I tend to root for the underdogs and stuff. Okay. But I don't so, have any specific so team. So, you just watch as a neutral then for everything? Yes, pretty much. Okay. All right, cool. So, so you want to see more competitive teams then? Oh, 100%. I, hopefully, Roma could snatch a Scudetto, but it's very tough. No, I don't, there's no way. Um, they, they dropped too many points this month. I know, I know. It's so uh, close to... I know, it is so close. And you think is. if they would have got three points here... That's what I'm saying. That's what, exactly what I was uh, yeah. complaining about yesterday. Yeah, yeah it's, it's whatever. But you know what? It's still, it's gonna, still sets up for an entertaining finish in City mm-hmm. A, which is all the City A fans want. Of course. Um, Wow, there's a, we're getting a lot of comments in the live chat here. Uh, just a few Milan fans saying um, we have to, it's a must to win on Sunday. Uh, this guy from Mexico said that for some Milan. Uh, this guy wants to know news on Niang. So Niang, uh, since Mazzari is leaving, Niang probably will not be returning. Uh, or sorry, will be returning probably to Milan. I don't think they're going to probably purchase him because Maz- Niang was a favorite of Mazzari. So I don't think that Niang would probably stay there. I do think, though, if he comes back, he will be looking to sell him. Um, I don't think he fits into the Chinese's plans. Like, if he didn't fit into Galliani's plans, he probably doesn't fit into Han Lee's plans. <clears throat> so good question here. If you guys have anything else to say, just you know, put in the live chat right here. I'm more looking. Um, l- let's talk about the next sign that just uh, that Dimarzio report reported today. Ricardo Rodriguez, I have a friend who's a Bundesliga fan. He's a Bayern fan. I, I asked him, and I asked him in a non-biased way. I said, how good is Ricardo Rodriguez? I've only seen him a few times uh, when playing in Europa League with Wolfsburg like, last year and stuff. And I also watched him for Switzerland. You, probably, you guys have probably seen him for Switzerland. If you guys yeah. watched like, Euro, yes. uh, Euro, Euro Cup or World. Um, I asked him, I said, like, What's the real, is he the real deal? He basically told me that Ricardo Rodriguez is one of the best fullbacks in the Bundesliga. He loves – he's kind of like a – like he's not as offensive as Danny Alves, <clears throat> but he can – he's capable of moving up in the play, getting involved, whipping in a few crosses, and he's absolutely deadly from uh, from the free kick. He can score. He, he's banged in a lot of free kicks for Wolfsburg in Switzerland. Nice. Um, so it, is it an upgrade over Mattia De Chilio, who's probably on his way out after, quote-unquote, being injured for the rest of the season, which I think is – a ton of BS. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricardo Rodriguez is a hundred percent an upgrade. Inter actually had an agreement, a pre-agreement with him, like in February, and he, uh, I guess, he kept his word to Milan. I think I read today or something that he wanted he wanted to come to Milano instead, the red side of Milano. Um, but yeah, again, a really, really good signing in my eyes, uh, from what I've seen of him, and I, I watched like a, I watched uh, a little 
tactical view of Rodriguez actually on YouTube just to see what he kind of does. And he loves to push up into the play. And he's probably going to be more effective than Matias Schilio because Matias Schilio, you know, we've all watched him for a long time with Italy and stuff. And if you had to, if you had to define mediocre, Deshilio would probably be that he's a definition of mediocre. He's not terrible, yeah. but he's not great. Um, and I look at teams like Real Madrid and, and Juve, and they have really good fullbacks that can try and control the game. Um, Real Madrid with uh, Carvajal and um, Marcelo. Marcelo. Marcelo, they're, they're great fullbacks, and they can control a game for them. You look at Juve, like today, Alexandro, Dani Alves, really, really good fullbacks. Um, and, you know, Ricardo Rodriguez coming in at the left back, especially if uh, Montella wants to deploy his 4-3-3, I think it'd be a good match. And, and especially for $15 million, $3 million bonuses, that's a pretty good deal for today's transfer market value. Um, you know, teams are, playing insane am- teams are paying insane amounts for players. So $28 million for Kessie, you know, 18 for Rodriguez. These are good deals. Mike, what do you think about Rodriguez? What do you know about him? Anything you have to add on that? Uh, just kind of similar to what you know. Um, I, I think he brings in more experience and more leadership than what Deshilio kind of has, but at the same time as well, a little more proven. Also, a lot of people don't know he's actually pretty deadly from a free kick standpoint. He's pretty good at those. Something with a Bonaventura we kind of lack since he's kind of our only option. But other yeah, than you know, that, I think it's just more of a – a breath of fresh air because to Deshilio's credit, you know, sometimes we say, you know, he's more of a natural right back than he is a left back, which is fair. But at the same time, there's so many players who play out of position and you, you got to produce regardless, especially if you're being given the captain's armband. So I think it's just time to move on. I think it's good for both parties. And Ricardo Rodriguez is a breath of fresh air, you know, someone who brings in experience. And I agree with what your friend was saying. I've heard a lot of things that he is one of the best fullbacks in the Bundesliga. So that is also promising as well. And there's nothing that beats a breath of fresh air, especially what we're trying to create. So I, I'm completely happy with it. I'm hope it works out the way it should. Yeah, you know, a good point. And it's not, again, it's not like we're, we're spending, you know, 40 million euros on this guy. It's 18 million euros, which is less than what we paid for Andrea Bertolacci a couple summers mm-hmm. ago. So when you think about that, these are low-risk purchases and definitely high reward. These are good players, well-known players across Europe um, that we're bringing in. And uh, Matteo Musaccio, who we've been linked to since last summer, again, he's basically his – he's basically – almost official to Milan as well. He's basically at the same stage as Cassie and Rodriguez. Uh, DiMarzio reported it a while ago. It wasn't this month. Well, I think it was in April. Um, Matteo Musaccio was part of Villarreal's defense. That was one of the best defenses in the Liga this year, uh, you know, uh, as a po- for goals conceded. You know what? I, you know what? Actually, it's not Musaccio. It's probably Daniela Bonera who really contributed to that. <laughs> He's a top player. Um, you know, but Musaccio, I think uh, I, I actually watched him. It sucks because one of the games I only I watched him was when he, he played against Roma and Villarreal got smashed 4 nothing by Roma at home. It wasn't really – I didn't really see any mistakes. I think Jekyll faked him out the one time, but hey, whatever. Um, I've been – you know, I've actually talked to uh, a couple of the Liga fans that I know, like Real Madrid fans and Barca fans, and they said Musaccio is a pretty good defender. They didn't know too, too much about him, like tactically-wise. And neither do I, because we don't really know him that much. Yeah. But I wanted him in the summer, and they still want him now. It must be a favorite of Montella. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard that he's pretty decent with the ball. 
and he's uh, he's pretty young. I think he's what, 26, 25 years old. So he's definitely a partner for Romagnoli in a 4-3-3. And we just basically, the new owners are trying to revamp the defense in the midfield, especially before we the forwards, which I'm 100% okay with right now. It seems we're signing a central midfielder, a left back, and a, cent- and a central defender. Um, areas that we all need to improve on. And now, you know, you sign these guys, get a few more depth guys, and you get you go you go for your big guy up top, the number nine, whatever. Winger, Kita Balde, I don't know. Um, but you know what seems promising for Milanisti right now? You finish finish up the season strong, you know, make your Opa League and just and try to go from there. Uh go from there and, and it's 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 a process, right? You gotta trust the process. And no, it's it's just look really looking up for us. Um Mikey, do you have like I know we talked to me and Mike talked about it last podcast. Do you know anything about Musaccio and like have you seen him play? Well, we heard about him actually uh, before. He's Argentinian, so uh, we heard a few things about from our friend. And I think Romagnoli is a great center back, and to have Musaccio there, Paletta's pretty good. Don't get me wrong, but you know he's aging. He's not he's not the youngest guy. So to have someone like Musaccio, if he anchors back with Romagnoli. Uh, gets a center back there. Uh, then you get uh, Ricardo Rodriguez on the left uh, as a left back. That'd be awesome because uh, that's where Milan, I think, uh, are troubled the most. And if you build from there, if you build like, and they're all under 30, most of these guys. And if you build from there, and the Milan's attack is great. You know, Delafo there. Uh, you got Lapadula if he plays him or Baca. We don't know the future. And uh, other than that, a few more signings for Milan and a better. And if you trust Montella and his ways, I think we can be seeing a better Milan uh, next season. No, for sure. And, and uh, of course, you want us to be competitive. People, Milan me and have to understand that you're not going to go on with a Scudetto next year. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a process, right? And people say they don't, oh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to make Europa League. It's like, well, you making Europa League is a stepping stone to making Champions yeah, League. Exactly. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, Am I correct? Next season, will the four spots get Champions League? Yes, right? Like for next season? Like, so next season, the top four teams, the end of May next year, will get Champions League in 2018. Yes, right? I, think it's, yes. I think it's next year, and they'll be confirmed yeah. for the season after that for Champions League. Yeah, exactly. So top four teams. So all you got to do is be top four, just like every other league now. So, I mean, you can definitely get that because if you can compete – you know, maybe some teams will go. Who knows? How good is Napoli going to be next year? We don't know. How good is Roma going to be next year? We're not sure because they have, you know, Roma having Espaletti leaves and they don't get a good replacement. Who knows? So, maybe very interesting. Uh, I'd say the least. City has all, all full of interesting things. There's a really good uh, chat going on, the live chat right now. Uh, Milan Club Serbia and uh, a few other Milan fans, they're talking about, um, they're talking about, what what we should do for like you know for in the attack for the mercato um and, you know there's been a lot of rumors with uh alvaro marata morata from uh, real madrid uh, according to sky last week <clears throat> their price for him is around 60 million euros um we all know yogalo balotti uh torino wants around 100 million for him <laughs> which is pretty steep in my eyes um I'm not sure if anybody's going to pay that. Maybe there was that report that apparently Milan, I don't know how yeah, true no, yeah, yeah. Like no, a 60 million offer. And then like Antonelli, Gabriel, the backup goalie, and uh, 
Kuchka. Kuchka, yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah. To me, it's not bad because, like, you kind of get rid of a little bit of a dead wood at the same time. Pay $60 million for a great striker who's also Milanista and Belotti. But I don't know. I give the edge to Morata, in my opinion. Yeah, I, honestly, I do too. And, and people will... People will say we're kind of silly for saying that, but Morata's a really, really, really good striker. He can create chances on his own. Um, and almost every game he started this year for, for Real Madrid, and he, Benzema was always preferred over him, but he has like 15 goals in like 16 games or something like that. So he's been really, really, really effective. Um, we saw what he did for Juve, that he helped him get to the Champions League final that one year. He even scored in the Champions League final against Barcelona. Um so yeah, you know it, it's he's a really good player, and and yeah, I mean I I think I, I think personally I'd take for the price, I'd take Morata. Um, Mikey, what, what do you think? Who who would you take right now for the prices that are rumored? So a hundred million for Belotti or 60, 65 million for Morata? What would you do? If if uh, yeah, that's a tough one because. I would prefer if money wasn't involved to get Belotti, to be honest. But Morata for the price, even though I don't think he's going to go there, I, I I don't think there's any way Morata would go to Milan just because he was at Juve. And I feel like, I don't know, he respects that decision almost. I, I kind of think that. But, you know, for the, that's $40 million difference. So that's a lot of money. You can get another two quality players with that money. Mm-hmm. And Morata is pretty clinical. We all know that. But yeah, I think Belotti in the long run would be better just because he's so young now. And, you know, he's fighting Jekyll for the Capo Carnieri right now. Yeah. And he's a Milanista. What else do you want? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's tough. I, I really love Belotti. I'd love to see him in a Milan jersey. You know, he's a big Milan fan. Everybody knows. I don't know if you saw his old Facebook posts and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's just tough because you know with the projected apparently we're supposed to have like you know 150 million to spend and, and apparently we spent 60 60 of it already on uh musaccio cassie and uh and rodriguez so you know we don't really have like it guys me, i overheard a little bit talk of oh, marco. this is marco no way he's not going to milan i can't happen maybe belotti if that chinese money comes through Hopefully, hopefully he stays in Serie A, but not Morata. <laughs> well, I don't know. See, I know you're a UF fan. That's why you say that. But <laughs> I had to mess around with you, you guys. Know, you know that money talks these days. Oh, 100%. So, you, and, you know, Pogba went back to Man U last, last summer, so anything could happen. Okay, but Morata, Morata rejected Napoli in the summer, too, because he said that he couldn't go to another team after Juventus. He said, out of respect oh, for them. Yeah, I, I forgot. I didn't even. I forgot about that. To be honest with you, um, yeah, you know what? But like, it seems like it seems like Morata's name has been coming up a lot lately, and like, uh-huh. and the fact that uh, Mirabelli went to watch Mor- uh, Atletico versus Real Madrid in the Champions League to go talk to Morata's agent. He flew. He went all the way to Spain to do that. Um, Maybe he wanted to go to He did, of course. <laughs> he did, but the links are there. Um, you know, I, I, my first choice would be Belotti. Um, you know, Aubameyang's name still kind of hangs in the balance. Uh, former Milan. Former Milan guy. Uh, you know, it, it's tough. It, it's just really tough because, you know, Carlitos Baca, he had a really good season last year. Very, very clinical. He scored on every second shot. This year he sucks. This year he hasn't been consistent. He, there's been a, a few patches where he's gotten five goals in five games and stuff like that, and he started off the season really strong. But I don't feel that Montello's 4-3-3 fits him well. Yeah, exactly. Um, in his playing style. 
Uh, Morata would work, but good luck signing him. If you do, it'd be definitely very interesting, but I just can't see it happening. No, and, and, and I, I keep that in the back of my mind too, and it makes sense um, with the Morata and the rivals and stuff like that. But I don't know. It just seems like anything can happen now in the football world. Just everything I've seen, anything can happen. Um, and, you know, it's going to be tough because Milan do – a lot of, you know, reporters and stuff and old coaches, they've said that Milan's problem is an attack with the holdup, with the link-up. And Lapadula is a really good player that I want to keep, and especially if he's a super sub. But, you know, you need the number nine. You look at all the top teams. They all have – they don't have yeah. strikers. They have strikers that score, you know, 15, 18 goals plus a year. Um, and, you know, you got to – the Chinese guy have to, like, you know, play – almost play copycat, you know, copycat to the other teams. You see the teams that do well have a good striker. Uh, you look at the teams like Bayern, Lewandowski, Juve, Higuain, doesn't score in big games, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> uh, Real Madrid have Morata and Benzema. <clears throat> so it's just you Papu just Gomez, man. yeah, Papu Gomez. You know what? Papu Gomez, what a dance, man! That's great. I know, amazing. That's all right, guys. I don't, I don't want to bomb you guys too much jumping in here. But here's right. Mike back. Okay, see you, Marco. Ciao. Yeah, we're gonna be wrapping things up soon, guys. Um, so we're almost gonna hit the forty-minute mark. Um, that's kind of like, that's kind of what we're looking at. We're at uh, 31 minutes right now, so we still got a few minutes to go. Um, so, just the one uh, person we didn't talk about yet. So, Andrea Conti, uh, Mike, you mentioned it that apparently, according to Tuto Mercato, not always the most reliable, but uh, 17 million euro bid, he would replace Abati and Calabria would go on loan. Mike, what do you think of that? Do you, could you see Conti? In Milan, in Montella's side next season, playing a crucial role. Uh, I th- I think so, just because of the lack of absence we have in fullback. So, especially if Montella likes the guy and he's been pretty promising. I mean, he scored against us just this weekend. So, um, it's clearly obvious the kind of effect he has. Um, do I think it's probable? Yeah, especially since I don't think his price is too high. Like I think Tutu Mercato Web reported seventeen million, which. I don't think it's that steep. It's kind of similar to what we'd have to pay for Ricardo Rodriguez anyway, so they're in the same price range. The guy's young, and that's something we need. Uh, you know, Abate is a backup. We said Abate is on the decline. Abate is a backup for right back. You know, that's, I think, a more suitable role for him as well. He's more of like a guidance kind of guy and like a mentor for um, for Conti as well. So I think it's a perfect scenario. And at the same time, if you bring him in, you're able to loan out Calabria, um, who's able to we'll get more playing experience more playing time and he can only benefit from that as we've seen like a couple players we've sent out on loan have come back stronger so i think it's the ideal situation not only to fix a gap in our fullback situation but as well as to put a body in a more suitable role as a backup and as well as to even give calabria a chance to understand the serie game more and to actually play so i think it's a perfect situation yeah, you know what? I think he'd be a really good player, and uh, um, the the uh, Ventura has has invited him to his camp and stuff like that. So he's gonna be on the Azzurri lookout too. Um, so you know, he's a. He, I, I watched him a few games. I've watched Atalanta a couple games here and there this year, and Conte's look very promising. Uh, you know, he's just like Zappacosta, a good Italian fullback. And you know, Abati, I love to keep him in the team because he does he does bring the grinta. He brings the grinta, the passion. Um, so I'd love to keep him in the team. He's like a real captain, if you know what I mean. He's a real um, – like when he wears the armband, he wears it with pride. So, you know, 
yeah, when, you know, we're, we're kind of reaching the limit here. So we have a few questions and we're just going to kind of wrap it up. Um, there's a few questions right now. Um, let's see. Let's go to the first one. So we'll, we'll kind of take turns here since uh, Mikey's neutral, so he'll answer them truthfully. All right, Mikey? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Okay, so well, the first question is from Edgar Jimenez, and he said, "What areas do Milan? What other areas do Milan need to solidify after the after the predicted signings of Rodriguez, Kessi, Musaccio? Mikey, you can go ahead for that one. Did you uh, say me? Oh, Mike, yeah, Mike, no, Mike, 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 yeah. What? I didn't hear you. Me or Mike? Mikey. Oh, me. Uh, <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, if they get Musaccio, like we said. Uh, and hopefully we're talking about getting Conte because he's, he's a great one. We're talking about him. Uh, he has so much energy, and like you guys were saying, he scored against Milan, but he's been a, he can also play as a, a fullback, like a right-wing fullback, which is also amazing. If Milan could get another centre-back, that'd be a pretty interesting formation, do like a 3-5-2 or something, but I think a striker is what Milan need. Baca doesn't look like he wants to even stay. Lapadula is not really cutting it. I gave him a lot of praise, but he's not... He's not living up to the expectations, and I feel like uh, they need a, a new striker, a clinical striker, and someone that can help back, and uh, not just a poacher like how Baka was, but someone that would run back and help with the midfield and defense and also know how to score goals. Yeah, I know. That's a good take. Um, <clears throat> let's go right to the next question. Um, Mike, this is from, the, from Edgar Jimenez too. What Milan player should stay and who should go? So basically, I'll rephrase it. What Milan player should go? Who should we cut right away this summer? And this, just, just list them. Right away. Next question. All right, so I'm going to go right off the top of my head. I'll probably may, might miss someone. or might, um, So Baca's got to go for me. Niang's got to go. Honda's going to go because his contract is up. Um, Deshilio's got to go. Uh, Montolivo, if you can. If not, he's got to be a bench guy. Uh, I think I think Paulie's time is up. I think he's been here for a little too long. Uh, Sad, like, I like Paulie. Uh, he's a little a little energizer, buddy. But I think we can have better alternatives off the bench. Bertolacci, if all, all if anyone even wants him, that would be perfect to get rid of him. And I think that's a solid start from there because there are a few guys like if you're able to retain like a Pasalic, you know, yeah. to keep him, you you would. Maybe a Mati Fernandez, if you could. Yeah. If not, then I don't have a problem really having him go. It's, it's 50, 50 for me. So I think those are the most obvious ones, okay. and then depending on management, what they truly have in plan. But okay. I think those are the most obvious that would go, and I'd yeah. want to see go. you got to cut some dead weight. Another question here in the live chat, Milan Club Serbia. Um, if you look at a second midfielder, would you want Fabregas or Kovacic? I'll take this one. Personally, for me, I want Kovacic on this team. Oh, I really, I've seen him play. I've watched a lot of Real Madrid games this year. Uh, a few buddies that are Real Madrid fans have watched it with them. And they also tell, like, told me the same thing. Kovacic is a really, really, really good player. Uh, he's very young, too. So, you know, he's, a, he's 23 years old, played for Inter. So it would be great if he came here and, and did well. Fabregas is a top player. He's always been a top player. Um, but, you know, he's 30 years old. I want a 23-year-old. I think, uh, you know, imagine a midfield of 4-3-3, Buonaventura, Kovacic, and Kessie. That's pretty good. Just I know it's, it, we're imagining it, but hey, two to three, 
two to three of those guys and it's it, it turns into a good midfield. So yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Milan Club Serbia. Um, I think that you know Kovacic should be a really really good player. Um, oh God, we're getting all these questions. You guys, we don't have time for all your questions. <laughs> I'll, I'll only pick a couple of them. The, the live chat's pretty lit right now, to be honest with you. Um, okay, so this is actually a good question. Um, I'll go to Mike first and Mikey, and I'll do one, and that's it. Okay, so we got well, we got three questions left. This is a good question. Uh, so, Mike, bring yeah. back the Lefeu or go for someone else like Keita Balde? Mm, I go Keita Balde. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. You, you got a I quick... know it's a little bit more the unpopular choice, but long story short, um, Delafeo started off hot. You know, he's had some, he's had some little rough games, and I don't know. I just like, I just don't see the meshing happen. Like he's great and everything. I just rather Kate the Baldies, but he's a little more younger. He seems a little more hungrier, and he kind of knows the city a little more than Delafeo, in my opinion. Okay. That's what okay. I'm just gonna go with. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good take. Um, the next question here. Okay, so Mikey, it's for you. Um, I don't know if you read it today, but there's been rumors that uh, Spal, the the new, newly promoted, uh, they, beside, yeah, yeah, they want uh, they want to loan Locatelli for next year. Do you agree? Ooh, do you, I don't do you agree with that. With us loaning Locatelli out to bring in someone like Milan Bade from Fiorentina or Sesk? I think that would be a good one. Oh, I like Locatelli, but he's a little too raw. Like, I wanted him to be, like, you know, uh, a breakout star like Donnarumma, but he's just – he needs some time. He needs some experience. And I think a nice loan deal to Spa would actually do him some good because he can actually start there. And he's not going to get a lot of time uh, off the bench at Milan. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. A lot of Milan fans will disagree with you, though. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of Milan fans think that Locatelli is the, sec- the second coming of Xavi this mm-hmm. year. Um and but I love Locatelli, and I think I, I think he could be a player like a like almost like a Marquisio type of player, you know. But I'm not now about? though; he needs a little time. No, 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 not now. I meant like when when he's Marquisio's age. Like yeah, yeah exactly. Get like, some playing time at Spa yeah. or something that'll, that'll yeah. help him out a lot. Like the type of and I I wouldn't I wouldn't be totally opposed. Like I'd like to see him with the team and come off the bench. I think Locatelli coming off the bench will signal like a strong side. That's true. Um, but yeah, so. I th- you know that's a good answer. We'll take I'll take one more question if there's a good one, and then we gotta wrap it up. We're, we always kind of rant on a little bit because it's kind of fun. But um, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so this guy asked me. This is the last question we're taking, guys. Um, thoughts on possibly buying uh, Devray from Lazio, and having the option of a three-man defense. So, so um. That's a good question because Devry. I remember GDS reported a few weeks ago that we had like a twenty million euro agreement with Lazio or something like that with Devry or whatever. I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, you can see with with Rodriguez and you know even Abate or Conti, you can play like Mikey just said the three five two. You can play that with Montella. Montella obviously doesn't hate playing that. He just did it last Saturday. You could see. I wouldn't even mind seeing like a three man a three man uh, defense with Romagnoli. Uh, Musaccio and uh, like a Devry, um, with Rodriguez and you know Abati as a, as the right wing, well not Abati but Conti or someone like that for as right wing and left wing backs. I won't even be opposed to that with you know Kessie and stuff in the middle with Suzo, with Suzo you know playing as Artista. That's not a terrible take. Um, you know I actually would not mind seeing that. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think if we when when the Musacho one is a completely official, I think that will be 
Unless we sound like a depth defender. I don't think we're going to spend $25 million another defender if we bring in Musacho. Um, so that's a good question. Um, but with that, we're going to wrap things up. Um, you know, we really appreciate everybody who tuned in. Uh, you know, we're really excited to bring on, uh, you know, Mikey and Marco for a bit on the, on the show. Hopefully next time you guys can kind of both be on, it'd be kind of cool. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys being on. Uh, Mike and I, were really trying to keep consistent with the podcast. So, yeah, you know, we thank the viewers for, for tuning in. And, you know, it's going to be a really interesting uh, last two weeks of City Eye in general. Um, just how we all like it. So, yeah, um, you know, it's been really fun. And, Mikey, we thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. The pleasure was all mine. It was really fun yeah. talking Milan with you guys. And hopefully they really bulk up next season and get a nice team so I can uh, root for them whenever they play the big team. Awesome. Yeah, perfect. And Mike, it's always a pleasure. Co-founder co- co- of the Milan guys. Thank you. And I just want to say again, Mikey, thank you. And uh, Marco as well for your inputs. It was really appreciated, especially with the work you guys have done. It's kind of cool for us to collaborate and to bring you guys on here. It's like yeah. – Spread communities and stuff. It's really, a, it's really a pleasure. I have to say. Yeah, it's awesome. It yeah, I definitely agree. It was, uh, it was, it was. It's very fun talking about it. And hopefully, uh, they secure Europa League qualification. Yeah, of yeah. course. Thanks, thanks, thanks for the support, Mikey. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll tell Montella that you the ISTV gives the, the support. <laughs> We're we're off way. No matter what team we support, we're all kind of part of the cultural community. Yes, so it's really fun collaborating. Um. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week or whatever for episode five. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.